Hello, I'm Dr. Ling Huang. In this episode, I will discuss about the importance of nucleic acid in your body and how its structure impacts on its function. DNA carry the genetic code of life. The genetic information that you carry in your cells is inherited from our parents. This determines what we look like and how our body functions. From the DNA in our chromosomes, DNA is then copied into RNA in a process called transcription. RNA is then decoded during translation to synthesize proteins, which help to maintain our cellular functions. And if there is a mutation in our genes or an error in these processes, this could lead to genetic disorders. DNA is a double helix consisting of two strands running in opposite directions coiling around a central axis. One strand runs in the 5' to 3' direction, while the other is anti-parallel in the 3' to 5' direction. Now, when we talk about 5' and 3', this refers to the location of this carbon atom on the sugar group. Each strand has a sugar phosphate backbone on the outside of the helix, with phosphodiester bonds between alternating sugar and negatively charged phosphate groups. On the inside of the helix are nitrogen bases stacked like pancakes. These bases are purines, which are two uh, containing two ring structures that are adenine and guanine, and pyrimidines, which have one ring structure, and these are thymine and cytosine. The two strands are held together by hydrogen bonding between the bases, where adenine binds thymine and guanine binds cytosine. Now, if you stretch out the DNA in a human cell, it would be two meters long. Now, this has to be compacted and packaged into the cell nucleus that's only six micrometers in diameter. Now, how does it do that? Like the way you would coil up a rope, it wraps around a protein called histone. It calls around histone proteins to form a nucleosome that look like beads on a string. These are then further compacted and looped into chromatin structures and chromosomes to allow them to fit into the small nucleus. Another important property of histones is that they regulate which genes are being transcribed to make proteins. Now, depending on whether there is a histone at the chromosome, the genes can then be turned on and off for expression. In cell division, the instructions that are encoded in the genes need to be copied and passed down to the daughter cells. For this to happen, DNA needs to be replicated and equally divided. The DNA double strand is first separated by an enzyme called helicase, and each strand acts as a template for making each new strand. A protein called DNA polymerase catalyzes the synthesis of the new strands by adding nucleotides that are complementary to the original strand. What you end up is the original strand and a newly synthesized strand. This is called semi-conservative replication. Another really important thing that DNA polymerase does is that it is used in polymerase chain reactions, or PCR, to amplify DNA. And DNA pole is one of the most important enzymes used in molecular biology. In PCR, 
because DNA needs to be denatured at high temperatures of about 95 degrees Celsius for replication, we use a polymerase from a thermophilic bacteria called Thermus aquaticus. This bacteria was first discovered in the hot springs of Yellowstone National Park, where it is able to thrive and live at high heat of about 50 to 80 degrees Celsius. As we speak, as I speak, there are millions of PCR reactions going right now diagnosing COVID-19 infections. How this works is that the viral RNA taken from our nose and throat swabs are first reverse transcribed to form complementary DNA. But because this is in such low amounts, the RNA is then amplified by real-time PCR with specific DNA primers that match COVID sequences. The viral DNA is then detected by an increase in fluorescent signal that was used as a probe. Let's now look in detail at how DNA is being replicated in the cell. There are three stages of DNA replication, initiation, elongation, and termination. In the initiation stage, DNA synthesis starts at specific coding sites on the DNA called origins of replication. An initiation complex made up of several proteins include helicase, that recognizes the origin and binds to it. What helicase does is to unwind the double-stranded DNA helix to expose the two single strands, forming a replication fork. The replication fork is the junction of the newly separated single strands, which are then the leading strand and the lagging strand. These two single strands will then be used as templates for DNA synthesis by DNA polymerase. As the DNA unwinds, supercalls are introduced into the DNA. These supercalls will then cause DNA replication to stop if they are not being removed. Topoisomerase is an enzyme that releases this torsional strain by unwinding the helix. Now, DNA polymerase can only synthesize DNA in the 5' to 3' direction. That means it takes a new nucleotide that matches the template strand and then joins its 5' phosphate end to the 3' OH group of the previous nucleotide. Now, because DNA polymerase can only work in one direction, new bases can only be added to the 3' end. So DNA polymerase alpha, or a primase in the case of, po uh, of prokaryotes, primes the DNA by first making an RNA primer matching the template strand. DNA polymerase then extends the primer by adding nucleotides to the 3' end to synthesize the DNA. This is called the elongation step. Now DNA replication proceeds at the same time on the two single strands but in opposite direction. In the leading strand, one RNA primer initiates replication and polymerase delta synthesizes DNA continuously in the same direction as DNA unwinding, whereas the lagging strand is synthesized in the opposite direction as DNA unwinding. It is initiated by multiple RNA primers and synthesized discontinuously in short stretches called Okazaki fragments, which are 100 to 200 bases long. The single-stranded DNA on the lagging strand are usually coated with single-stranded binding proteins, 
in order to stabilize the temperate strand, preventing it from forming secondary structures. Now in the termination stage, DNA synthesis continues until there is no more template strand or when two replication faults meet. The RNA primer is then degraded by RNAase H and polymerase delta fills in the gaps left behind after the primers are being removed. DNA ligase then repairs the DNA nicks between the fragments and joins them up to form one complete DNA strand. In eukaryotes, replication of linear DNA molecules pose a problem at the ends of the molecules. In most cases, the primers of the Okazaki fragments are replaced with DNA and the fragments join together to form a complete strand. However, when the replication fork reaches the end of the chromosome, there is a short stretch of DNA that does not get covered by an Okazaki fragment, leaving behind a single-stranded DNA overhang. Over many rounds of cell division and DNA replication, the chromosome ends get shorter and shorter. This is called the end replication problem. To prevent the chromosome ends from shortening, the tips of eukaryotic chromosomes contain a special DNA sequence at the caps of the DNA ends called telomeres. These DNA sequences are repeated hundreds to thousands of times at the ends of the DNA. Elizabeth Blackburn, Jack Solstack, and Carol Grader received the Nobel Prize in 2009 for discovering these unique telomeres and identifying the enzyme telomerase that protects the telomeres from degrading. Shortening of telomeres is connected to the aging process, and these cells eventually stop dividing and die. Telomerase is the protein that extends telomeres. It contains an RNA sequence that is able to serve as a template for DNA polymerase to extend the ends of telomeres. In cancer cells that are able to divide infinite cycles, it is found that these cells have high telomerase activity. Hence, this could be used as a target to treat cancer. So does that mean that increasing our telomere length, we would be able to increase our life longevity? There is currently much research going on in this area. Now let us all take a look at the structure of RNA. There are three main differences between the structures of DNA and RNA. First of all, RNA is single-stranded. Second, RNA contains ribose with 2'OH instead of 2'deoxyribose on, uh, on the sugar. And thirdly, the bases of RNA are A, G, C and U, where U stands for uracil instead of thymine. RNA can form many different types of secondary structures. They tend to fall back on itself to form stems and loops between the complementary pairs. And there are three main types of RNA, mRNA, rRNA, and tRNA. When DNA is first transcribed to mRNA, which is messenger RNA, mRNA contains the genetic sequence that can then be translated into proteins. Each codon on the mRNA contains three bases that tells the ribosome which amino acid to assemble into the protein. The mRNA is then transported from the nucleus to the cytoplasm, 
And the ribosome is a molecular machine made up of ribosomal RNA, or rRNA and proteins. What it does, it takes the mRNA and uses it as a template to read it. And when the first tRNA, which is the transfer RNA, recognizes the start codon, which is AUG, protein synthesis then starts. And like passing the baton, the tRNA then transfers the specific amino acid that it is carrying to the next tRNA that the ribosome binds. And when the next tRNA anticodon matches the mRNA codon, the amino acid that it is carrying is added onto the growing amino acid change, chain. This continues until the ribosome reads a stop codon on the mRNA. And these are the functions of the different types of RNA and nucleic acids.